today on CityCast Denver. $80 billion. That's how much money Washington is thinking about throwing at train projects across the country, Colorado included. So does this finally mean we'll be able to travel up and down the Front Range by train? The idea that you, I could like go to Union Station, get on this thing, and then like an hour and a half, two hours later, be in downtown Pueblo, like I'd be pretty into that. Or is this just another boondoggle we'll leave in the dust of our gas-guzzling cars? I don't know. It's, it's, it's easy to get yourself psyched up for something because it sounds really cool. But, you know, just pump the brakes. Today is Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. It's a pretty blah day for Denver weather with a high of just 50 degrees and lots of clouds. Vaccine distribution is hitting its stride, but more contagious strains of COVID are still on the rise. In what's being called Colorado's fourth wave, more than 50% of positive cases occurring in the state are now due to more contagious strains. This is your daily reminder, wear a mask and stay socially distanced, please. Colorado, you may one day have the option to become soil once you pass away. The Human Remains Natural Reduction Soil Bill would make it legal for people to choose an afterlife involving having your body composted, which is currently illegal in the state. What a way to literally go green. Every couple of years, it feels like there's some hugely ambitious proposal to better connect Denver with all of the other cities up and down the Front Range. Sometimes the proposal is a passenger rail line stretching from Pueblo to Cheyenne. Sometimes it's a hyperloop. But somehow, time and time again, all we get is more roads, bigger roads, and more cars. Something feels a little different this time. Governor Jared Polis has supported the construction of a front-range passenger rail line for years. His Democratic Party controls both chambers of the Colorado legislature, and they're working on a new bill to advance it. President Biden has proposed a massive infrastructure package, including $80 billion for passenger rail spending. And in the last few months, Amtrak has signaled that it is willing to make major investment on the front range. Nate, I know you go by Nathaniel in your bylines. What would you prefer? I go by Nate in the rest of my life. So let's normalize Nate. CPR News transportation and growth reporter Nate Miner has been following the story, and he's on the show today to help me sort it all out. Well, thanks for talking to me today about this. I don't want to say it's an extremely complicated issue. It's just it's just a big one. And I have to say, I want to start with my own skepticism, um, because this is not the first time that uh, rail connecting cities along the Front Range has been proposed. Do you think we're actually going to see passenger rail built this time? That's such a big question, Bree. First of all, you have uh, good reasons to be skeptical, right? There's a there's a long history. Yes. Um, and I think there are a few different things this time. The first is traffic continues to get worse and worse. There continues to be more people. And a rail line is is more useful where there are more people and there are more reasons to use it. It's becoming less of like an alternative um, and a luxury and more like a, a, we're going to need something like this if we're going to be able to get up and down to our major cities in a timely way. 
And the, the other major thing here is that the federal government's interested. Um, Amtrak, you know, the, the, the big, there's some weird like quasi for-profit company, but it's really a government kind of thing. Um, Amtrak is interested and they're, they're talking about, you know, spending a couple billion dollars to help get this thing off the ground. Like that's real. And is that how much it's going to cost? Two billion dollars? Uh, it's it's very preliminary. The state has been actively uh, studying this for a few years now, and they're still pretty early in the process. Um, and the first one was like a couple billion dollars. If they want to go high speed, which which people do, then yeah, you're looking at um, ten to fifteen billion. I think were the, were the latest estimates. And like, let's just put that in perspective, like 10 to 15 billion, the annual state budget's like 30, 32 billion, like <laughs> for the whole state, for the whole everything. state government, like that is right. so much money. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I can see why it can be a hard sell yeah. to voters. Right. And so if you have the federal government saying, Hey, we'll help. Yeah. That's a big deal. You're talking about this as less of a luxury and more of a necessity as we continue to grow along the front range. What about someone who's never utilized passenger rail? What would you see or how would you say, here are the everyday, the benefits for the everyday rider of a, of a rail line like this? The, the obvious ones are it can skip traffic, right? So if there's a, a wreck on I-25 and it's shut down, doesn't matter. You can go right by that. And then if you think about where trains go, if you've been to, um, to Europe or if you look at downtown Denver, honestly, um, and you see where a train station is in a community, it can like it can create things. It can create gentrification, honestly, but development, um, transit-oriented development. Sure, yes. right. So yeah. more walkable places. It's not like an airport where it has to be sort of out, and there's you know like a whole you know moat around it. Um, like this can be in the middle of things. In the past, money has been the issue, and you're talking billions of dollars. And we've just never had that money to spare. Um, but now that President Biden has set aside $80 billion for passenger rail specifically, how do you see our elected officials in Colorado trying to make sure that we get a piece of that? Well, they are, they're lobbying. Um, and we, we know that because I've, I've asked them. <laughs> um, and so like Jonah Goose, who represents uh, Boulder and, and um, other areas uh, to the north and west, um, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for it. We have projects here that need money and I'm fighting the fight. Um, but honestly, like Amtrak has already said, we want to put money into Colorado. Uh, the next question is coming from Nathaniel Miner. I was on a call with them this morning. Hey, good morning, Nathaniel Miner, Colorado Public Radio. Could you uh, speak? And they said, even if the Biden proposal doesn't come through, we still want to put money in Colorado. Uh, and certainly the President Biden's uh, American Jobs Plan is very important, it's very timely, it, it, it provides substantial amount of funding. But uh, we believe that our state-supported services are not contingent on just one piece of legislation. Oh. Yeah, which sort of surprised me, because right, that $80 billion is, is, would be great, but they're saying even without that, we think Colorado is worth it. So like, Things like that are why I think this might actually happen. Like it'll take a decade, but that's that's new. That's different. Because this conversation and this this fight for transit is really happening on a federal as well as a, a state level. Are you are you watching more of the Colorado legislature on this, or are you following sort of the 
national conversation or what 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 should we be focusing on oh capri there's so many things um yeah and there's there's even more than that because uh rtd is wrapped up in this too because they want to finish their line to boulder and longmont and they think they can sort of jump on board with this pardon the pun jump on board with this thing and uh, be able to uh, leverage it to finish their stuff so like there's there's a lot happening at different levels here and oof, i i you just gotta kind of keep an eye on it all they all sort of feed off of each other so if listeners have strong feelings about this front range rail one way or the other do you have any suggestions on what they can do to get involved i mean the biggest thing they can do is if there is a ballot question to fund the thing, they could vote yes. Like that is probably the biggest thing. Sure. Um, other than that, uh, they could lobby their federal uh, senator or congressperson to try to get the Biden thing passed. But the whole push toward rail is really interesting because like as a society, we just have um, defaulted to cars for, for, I don't know, 80 years in this country. And I think because of congestion, because of pollution and, and climate, like cars are terrible for the environment. I think there's a there's a shift to try to normalize other modes of transportation. One thing that a, a normal person could do would be to just like drive their car less and start living in a way that you start building your life. Because like, say you live out in Jefferson County or something in a cul-de-sac like it can be really difficult to to get anywhere right i was gonna say the access issue is is huge absolutely because like that's that's the way we've built our world um not just in colorado but in in much of the u.s um is we just build for the car but i think where we're at now is if everyone does that and if we only build our infrastructure to support that then it can be really difficult to try to do anything else Yeah, because you make a good point. I mean, the car has been dominant for decades, but before that, we relied on rail service. I mean, look at Denver, like South Pearl Street or like 32nd and Lowell or Berkeley, like all those are old streetcar neighborhoods in downtowns. Like they're cool now. And there's like mixed use and restaurants next to houses and stuff because there were streetcars there 80 years ago. People didn't drive to those places, they would take the streetcar. So that's like a really easy way to see like how what mode of transportation you prioritize can really influence the city we have. Yeah, absolutely. You can see that infrastructure still existing in our city. We just grew up without knowing the trolley or the streetcar. So we didn't know, oh, that's why there's this cluster of businesses right in the middle of my residential neighborhood is so I could go to the grocery store or get, you know, get my clothes with the dry cleaner or whatever. And it would be because you were jumping on and off of a streetcar and not, you know, pulling up and parking. That's right. Well, Nate, this has been so helpful. Um, and you you actually changed. I'm I'm an extremely skeptical person, and I feel a little less skeptical about this now. Understanding that there's federal interest, that Amtrak is interested, that we're not just relying on ourselves maybe to make this happen. That it could it could be closer in the future than we think. So, well, happy to be here. Um, don't don't lose your skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. 
If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our amazing morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. All the way down the front range without a car?